0: And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to the Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah, I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the word of God. So Johnny Fulton was run over by a car at the age of three. He suffered crushed hips, broken ribs, a fractured skull, and compound fractures in his legs. It did not look as if he would live but he would not give up. In fact, he later ran the half mile in less than two minutes. Walt Davis was totally paralyzed by polio when he was nine years old, but he did not give up. He became the Olympic high jump champion in 1952. Shelley Mann was paralyzed by polio when she was five years old, but she would not give up. She eventually claimed eight different swimming records for the U.S. and won a gold medal at the 1956 Olympics in Melbourne, Australia. In 1938, and I know a long time ago for a lot of people here, uh, Karolaj Takas, a member of the Hungary's world champion pistol shooting team and sergeant in the army lost his right hand when the grenade he was holding exploded. But Takas did not give up. He learned to shoot left-handed and won gold medals in the 48 and 52 Olympics. Lou Gehrig was such a clumsy ball player that the boys in the neighborhood would not let him play on their team. (laughs) But he was committed. He did not give up. Eventually, his name was entered into Baseball's Hall of Fame. Woodrow Wilson could not read until he was 10 years old. But he was a committed person. He became the 28th President of the United States. At the age of seven, he he had to go to work to help support his family. At nine, his mother died. At 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. At 23, he went into debt and became a partner in a small store. At 26, his partner died, leaving him a huge debt. And by the age of 35, he had been defeated twice when running for a seat in the Congress. At the age of 37, he won the election. At 39, he lost his reelection bid. At 41, his four year old son died. At 42, he was rejected for the land officer role. At 45, he ran for the Senate and lost. At 47, he was defeated for the nomination for vice president. At 49, he ran for Senate again and lost again. And at the age of 51, he was elected president of the United States. During his second term in office, he was assassinated. But his name lives on among greats in U.S. history. Abraham Lincoln. So what do you think all of these people had in mind? I mean, I don't know if any of them were believers, but think about even if they, they weren't, they were the natural man. What kind of believing, what kind of attitude did they have in never giving up in order to get to the place where they were able to accomplish the things they accomplished? How cool is that? Mm-hmm. Now, what about us as believers that we have the Word of God we have something that we can go to, to tap into, to help us get to that place where we can believe God's word and see it happen, see things happen in our lives. And what I'm gonna share on tonight is never give up. And we heard in Manifestations tonight, be strong and of a good courage. Sherry said it in in Manifestations tonight, God said, I will give you courage. But that's the, the, so we're gonna be strong and of a good courage. So who'd like to be in this room would like to be a success? All right? The key to being a spiritual champion lies in our minds. It's between our ears. God's desire for us is that we be spiritual champions, not just champions in the physical realm. Not that that's not bad. That's a good thing. But in the spiritual realm, God wants us to be spiritual champions, not just champions in physical arenas. So we have to fill our mind and hearts with the word words of God's word. And we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to look at words and think about, in your life, your thoughts. What are they? They're words. Okay? So we decide, we orchestrate what words we're going to put in our mind and what we're going to renew our mind to. And in Galatians 5, chapter 17, it says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the one to the other, so that ye cannot do these, these things that ye would. There's a spiritual battle going on, right? Mm-hmm. There's a battle going on between the truth of God's word and the lies of the adversary. There are two gods in this world. Maybe sometimes we don't like to say it, but there is. Without good, there can't be bad. Without a good God, I mean, without a bad God, there couldn't be a good God. But there are we are battling the different truths, God's truths and the lies of the adversary. And these lies captivate our minds at times. Have you ever been in that spot where you just, you know, you feel like you're holding on by your fingernails and you just can't pull yourself out? And it could be just a, a simple little negative thought that just blows up on you. And you just feel like you can't, you can't run away from it. You can't get aside. There's a fierce, fierce inner battle that goes on between the flesh and the spirit, the old man and the new man. And if we don't learn how to overcome the strong inner urge to, to gratify the flesh, we'll not be able to live that more than abundant life that God promises is in his word. And we must defeat the reigning champion. And the reigning champion is the old man. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event of the evening. Tonight, we're gonna witness the most anticipated championship of the world, the battle between the old man and the new man. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. For those of you who are in attendance here tonight and the millions taking a stand around the world, those watching on blue jeans, (laughs) and from the great city of Auburn, it's time to become spiritual champions. In this corner, the first corner, the reigning champion, the old man, Weighing in at a miserable weight, (laughs) right? Uh, Waging war in the flesh to make us prisoners in our minds. The old man hails from somewhere in in the world and inside of your mind. And in the other corner, the new challenger, the inner man, weighing in at a perfect weight. He is God's masterpiece. He is a super conqueror. And he is joyfully bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. He hails from the heart of God from before the foundations of the world. And he lives in your heart of hearts. In Proverbs chapter 4. Just thought I'd throw that little intro in. (laughs) You know what? There's no sense battling this. Here's the battle between the ears. I'm putting my glasses yeah. on. God. I tried to do it without it, but not happening. So, in Proverbs chapter 4, you know, we, we think about, you know, as I shared, the old man and the battle is between the old and the new. And devi- de- desire is a vital essence of a champion's inner self. Out of the heart come the decisions of the will. And so our heart's desire line up with God's desire. And we control our heart's desire. And in chapter 4, verse uh, 20, it says, My son, attend to my what? Words. Words. Incline thine ear unto my what? Sayings. Sayings. Words, right? Someone's speaking. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health healing to all their flesh. Keep, the word keep is the word guard. Guard thy heart with all diligence. You guard your heart with all diligence. You don't allow those negative, nonsense thoughts to enter in. And it could be something simple. It doesn't have to be so dramatic that it just devastates you. It could be the little thoughts in the course of a day. But you are to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Desire is to set your heart upon an overwhelming demand for change. You know, I was looking at the word dynamic. I think I have it here on my phone. The word dynamic, the definition is, it's characterized by constant change, activity or progress, positive in attitude and full of energy and new ideas. A force that stimulates change or progress within a system or a process. So being dynamic is being able to change. And what do we change for, to, from? We change from the old man to the new man. That inner man that's inside of you. It's God in Christ in you. And that's what we change to. You know, when we make God's desires our desires, then we'll be champions. Is your mind fixed on God's desire for you? It's a rhetorical question, but I want you to think about it. Has anybody ever made a list of affirmations in their life? So what's an affirmation? An affirmation is, you know, I put them on a card. An affirmation is, I am a son of God. I am a great believer walking on God's word. Affirmations, you should all make a list of affirmations for yourself and look at them every day, you know, confessing God's word about you, about each and every one of you. I am a strong believer. You know, I'm never going to give up. right? Mm. But we should all have affirmations. Exercise trains the body. Study courses trains the mind. A real champion is the one whose heart can be educated. And we're called to be sons. It's God and Christ in you. Our desire is fed by God's word becoming what the word says we are. And is the power of words. Your thoughts are made up of words. Everybody just sit quietly for a second. What went on, did you think of something? That's what the mind does naturally, it thinks. And those are words, so what, what words, what thoughts are we gonna put in our mind? What's gonna be between our ears? So exercise trains the body, study courses train the mind. And our real champion is the one whose heart can be educated and we're called to be sons. Our desire is fed by God's word becoming what the word says we are. It is the power of words. Your thoughts are made up of words. You think about them, you act on them, and guess what? You're going to get a result. Mm -hmm. You're going to decide whether it's going to be a positive result or a negative one. It's up to you. And that's the nice thing about God giving us free will, isn't it? You know, we can choose to do that. Let's go to James chapter 2. You know, you can take a punch to the eye. (laughs) Where'd that come from? You can take a punch to the eye and get a black eye, and that'll go away in a day or two. But if somebody says something hurtful to you, it can last a lifetime. So words are very powerful. Think about it. God magnified his word above all his name. So how important are words? In James chapter chapter 3, in verse 2, it says, "For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in the word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths. Think about well, how much how much does a horse weigh? Twelve hundred pounds, fourteen hundred pounds, and there's this little bridle in its mouth. And you can have, you know, down the street from my house, there's a they they do it. I guess it's a riding academy, and I see these little kids." on these 1,200-pound horses. And all they do is pull on the reins, and the horse goes this way. They pull back on the reins, the horse stops. So think about how important words are. It says, for we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fast winds, yet they are turned about with very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth." Think about those big aircraft carriers and what turns that carrier, you know, the rudder, whatever, whatever it is, it's something small compared to the, to the uh, you know, I was going to share a little bit on David, but I didn't, Pat did such a great job a week or two ago. Think about David. He was a little runt. Goliath was this huge human being, but God compared Goliath to God. He didn't compare himself to God, I mean to uh, uh, Goliath. He compared Goliath to God. And then it's a small thing. It's a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. Verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and sitteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. That's what the old man's trying to do to you, poison you. Remember what's, what's John 10 talking about? He comes to do what? Steal. steal, kill, and destroy. Right? He wants to steal your fellowship with the Father. But the tongue no man can tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. You know, you can either speak with the love of God, or you can say words that are just not right. You know, and that's not where we want to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. Who is a wise man endued with the knowledge among you? Let him show out of the good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It doesn't say it's a little pure. It's pure. Wisdom from above. God's word is pure. So think about if you put God's word in your mind. You're putting pure thoughts into your mind. You can renew your mind to pure thoughts. But it's pure. Then peaceable. Wow. Is there anybody who doesn't want more peace in their life? I don't know about you. Gentle and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Most people in the world are constantly at war with themselves. They and they are for a lifetime. You know, because our mind, because their minds, our minds at time are not attuned to the accuracy of God's word. People today are influenced with with everything that is going on. Think about TV and this virus. Do you think it engulfed people? Do you think people got so wrapped up that they were living by it and living in fear and still living in fear? It just tore them apart. It's tearing them apart. The old man's got a, he's a loser. The adversary's a loser. Think about Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You pick it. Any social media you want, people live by that. People wake up and live by that on a daily basis. They go to bed with it. The old man puts negative thoughts in our mind that you battle with. Think about it. There really isn't anything to battle. I mean, if, if there is, then Jesus Christ died in vain, right? And he didn't. So what we have to do is battle to believe the right words from God's word. All of life is run by words. The reason you are here tonight is because of the right choice of words. You know, you have been taught. I said earlier, take your Bibles and turn to to Galatians. Did you do it? Mm -hmm. God, it was just a few words that I said, and look what you did. You turned to Galatians. So the battle is in your mind. It's the five inches between your ears, between the old man and the new. And Jesus Christ fought the battle of one, and all we have to do is believe the Word of God. Think about in Genesis, verse 3, it says, In God... Said. Nine times in that chapter alone, chapter one, it's at, it, the words God said are in there. Words. God said things into being. Think about words, how they change people's lives, both for the good and, and the worst. Look in Psalm 107. Verse 20, it says, he, talking about God, he sent his word. Pat used this verse of scripture today on Facebook, online. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Pretty simple. He sent his word. He didn't send Buddha. He didn't send, you know, he didn't send this virus. He didn't send Facebook. He sent his word. All life is conditioned and operated by words. And as believers, there's no more battles to win. It has been won in Christ Jesus. Look in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to take a look at somebody, very young person, had to make some decisions on whether or not to renew, renew her mind. And in Luke chapter 1, in verse 13, it says, But the speak Did what? Said. Said. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall hear thee, a son, and thou shalt call his name John. The angel said, look in verse 19. And the angel answering did what? Said. Said said unto him, I am Gabriel. Stand in the presence of God, and am sent to, to do what? Speak. Speak speak unto thee and to show these glad tidings. (laughs) Angels spoke. We would think we were on, you know, if if an angel came down to us, we'd probably think we're being punked or, or something. But Gabriel came down and said what he had to say. The angel spoke. Look in verse 28. It says, And the angel came unto her and did what? Said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Now, this girl was pretty young. Do you think for one second she might have went, wait a timeout? No, this cannot be happening. She had to renew her mind to what was being said. She had to put positive thoughts in her mind to what the angel was saying to her. Verse 29. And she was troubled. She was agitated at, this saying, at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. She went through some issues here. All right, She went through some issues, but she didn't buckle. And, to a, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee and named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came and said... Thou art highly favored, the Lord with, is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And she was troubled. Verse 30, and the angels said unto her, fear not. Simple words, fear not. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor, grace. Grace, you're in this book a lot. <laughs> you have found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name. Jesus. Do you think she had a renew of mind? Yes. I mean, think about if you were back then and the angel came to you and said, hey, by the way, Grace, you're going to have this kid. I know, I know you haven't been with anybody yet. And you're going to call him Jesus. This woman, which she had to go through, but she was unbelievable. Verse 38, or verse 36, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in their old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called... Aaron, verse 38, and Mary said, this is what Mary said now, words, Behold the handmaid, the fe- she's a female duelist. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy what? Mary. Word. Words. Be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. God's top angel speaking what God wanted. It's decision time. Mary, Mary had to make a decision. People in the world are constantly at war with themselves, and we have a, but we have a place to turn to. The Word, it's the will of God. The Word of God is the will of God. Have any of you become better since you got into the Word? Yes. yes. Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> but you have a great desire to live burning in your heart. You filled that void in your heart. There was that little hole, that little black spot in your heart, and it got filled with God. It got filled with the God in Christ in you, with the Word of God. And that void is gone, all because of words. The other night Sheila shared on the tape on a Renewed Mind. She shared about Romans 10, 9 and 10. In two little verses, you got eternal life. Words. Words. Pretty simple. The word of God speaks to us loudly on every page, and we can believe the words, and it can lead to more than the abundant life. And remember, the battle's won. The words are already written. Has anybody, has an angel come down to any of you and said, look, I need you to add on to the book of Revelation. You know, I need you to put up a few chapters. No, it's already been written. God put it in his word. All we have to do is walk out on it with believing. You don't have to figure anything out. All we have to do is believe. The angel showing up was great, but she still had to make a decision. Look in Acts chapter 2 i got to keep moving here. In verse 14, in Acts chapter 2, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and did what? Said. He spoke words. He said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. All right? Ephesians chapter 1. The word in your thoughts to your lips produce results. Your life is conditioned by the words. It's time to take a stand and move out on those words that God has set forth in his word. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, To whom we have redemption through his blood. We've been redeemed, whether you like it or not. You've been redeemed. Through his blood, the forgiveness, the remission of sins, according to whose riches? God's riches. How rich is God? Rich. God is very rich. Mm. Let's look at, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to leave you with these three things one, you are what you think, mm. two, you are what you go for, and you are what you do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Verse 14, it says, knowing that, that's verse 4, that's my fault, chapter 2, verse 14, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Look in uh, Colossians chapter 3, so you are what you think. Colossians chapter 3, you are what you go for. We are what you go for with your whole heart. Chapter 3, verse 23. It says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Whatever you're going to do on God's word, do it heartily unto the Lord. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You can do all things. So you are what you think. You are what you go for. You are what you do. We are a result of our thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. And let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And you get a chance, read, uh, and I wanted to read it because Dylan shared verse in Romans today. Romans eight thirty-eight and 39. Uh, Palmer shared it today also, and I wanted to read that also, but you read it. We're going to just read Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of my, thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Everybody, everybody raised their hand before about wanting to be a success. And in verse 9, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You don't have to think twice about it. Wherever you go, God's with you. You just got to decide to bring him along. Never give up, be strong, and have a good coverage. God bless. You can't bring me down, no word is on my mind.